0: This just in: the ongoing comic book discussion podcast confirms comic books are cool.
1: You know, I was thinking the other day, since you have so many podcasts, you should change your Instagram name to
0: Recory, like because Recory. <laughs>
1: That's dumb. Don't laugh.
0: No, that's a good one. (laughs) I like that one. Ricori. That's, I mean, that's better than my name growing up. Uh, People would call me Applecore. I'm like, that's stupid. Applecore? That's actually really dumb. (laughs) It is really dumb. (laughs) It's really dumb.
1: I was, I, cause I was mustache Mary cause my first name is Mary.
0: And you because i Where was did the mustache come from because
1: like kids are mean and i'm greek and italian and i've got a little mustache thing going on mm. i've figured it out by now but uh back then i was really self-conscious about it and i was mustache mary and then oh. i was virgin mary too oh, kids are so
0: mean kids are really mean <laughs> <laughs> that's horrible
1: Uh, There's another one for Tess, but I don't know if I could say it. If you could think of a boy's body part, Tess.
0: Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Kids are mean. I I did not have a bad time (laughs) in high school or elementary school, but I think it was also because I was kind of a big kid. So I kind of towered over everybody. (laughs) So no one really picked on me. And... I was an artist, too, so, like, you know, and, and I always just, like, drew superheroes and Star Wars characters, and, you know, when I got older, I just drew, like, ladies and, you know, <laughs> uh, with with endowments, and, uh, right? you know, no that course. kind of endeared me to <laughs> to all the different groups uh, in some way, shape, or form, so, you know, I, always oh. was, I was always that kid that could walk the hallways and just sort of say hi to everybody, but I still had, like, my little group of, you know, three or four friends that I was really close with.
1: Were you, did you get m- made fun of for being a nerd?
0: No, no, uh uh-uh. uh I really? was Yeah, I was I was like I mean, seriously, like I kind of just got along with every group. I sort of knew one person from like every group and and yeah, like I said, I think just like being able to draw kind of endeared me cuz even um. like, you know, the jocks would see see something but Oh, that, that that's cool, you know what I mean? So and cool, like man. Yeah, yeah, like, you know, you draw a picture of like, you know, the Punisher or something. And, oh, 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 yeah. oh, that's neat, you know? And then all of a sudden you're <laughs> Yeah, you're not getting picked on anymore. So yeah, I kind of uh I kind of used my My artistic talents uh to do that and then uh in my senior year i wasn't even there for like half the year i went to um a magnet art program for half the year and the other half the year i went to a uh like a like, i worked for like a tv station but you know like public access you know mm-hmm. stuff but you know that kind of tr- that's how i transitioned into into film school and whatnot so yeah i had a pretty pretty easy you know i mean like i wasn't <laughs> like a smart kid either like my my you know my high school was pretty much like you know the occasional c plus but mostly b's and and a minuses i don't mm-hmm. really if i apply myself i i accomplish things but i'm kind of lazy about some stuff so you know i kind mm-hmm. of just scooch by
1: Yeah, it's funny like when you're a kid, you're like, oh my god, this test, it's on Friday, man, I'm gonna, you know, you're freaking out, you're procrastinating, blah, 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 and then cut to like, I'm almost 30, and I'm like, that stuff did not matter at all. (laughs)
0: No, no. Like... (laughs) Does not matter, and And, I mean, I still procrastinate. Oh god, the GPA crap. Oh, like, like, yeah, like, like SATs and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, when you're in your 30s or when you get past even like 18, none of that matters anymore.
1: I love it. I love it. It's like. I'm not gonna tell my kid. No, you know what? One time I did tell my my cousin that, and his mom looked at me like, "Don't tell him it doesn't matter." Like, and he's in high school, and they're like, "You're a terrible cousin. You, you told him that." I'm like, "It doesn't matter, dude. Just get out alive, man.
0: <laughs> yeah, just survive. Just survive." <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, like, but I mean, so they picked on you in high school, but was that like the whole thing, or or did you kind of just did you no. get your friend group in in high school, or was it all a bad experience?
1: It was not a bad experience at all. It was a growing experience. Um, I was picked on a little bit in middle school for because I just got in with the wrong crowd. That happens. Um, But like when I got into high school, I just turned into a drama, drama geek, theater geek, theater nerd, whatever they call them. They're like, it's band geek and theater nerd. Like they were very distinctive on who was the geek and who was a nerd. But Nonetheless, I was a dork and um, <laughs> I love the stage and I love being in front of an audience and that was my first time on stage and I was like, I actually got one of the, what is the one right under lead role, like secondary role or whatever? Oh, so like whatever. supporting? supporting role, like a top supporting role in my freshman year, and they're like, oh my God, nobody ever, that never happens, and it was literally because I was the only one that could do a a, a real Southern accent, that's literally (laughs) the only reason why I got it, but...
0: <laughs> you were a, a theater geek. That's awesome. Yes. I yeah. love it. I, I, I mean, it. I, I and just so you all know, like the level of of geekdom I come from, um, I used to play Warhammer, uh, where you paint the miniatures and everything. And oh my honest, gosh! Yeah. And in the nerd world, like the comic book nerd world, like Warhammer mm-hmm. geeks are kind of like the not the They're lowest, intense. but the, the lowest rung of the ladder as far as like coolness goes. Okay. So I kind of Uh, of, I I dabbled in everything, but not to toot my own horn, what kind of, I I think what kind of got me... Through things is I'm kind of a good-looking dude, so like I'm I'm basically like a an Uber geek in disguise. And right on, I, you yeah, know yeah, what yeah. I mean. And at, at first, like a glance, hot nerd. Are you a hot nerd? Like hot I, Santa? Hot. I, I, I I'm sure my my wife would say that, but uh, <laughs> I I'm not sure. But I realized that like yeah, I didn't I didn't have uh, as hard of a time as like some other people did in high school, uh, mm. you know, for their looks and whatnot. So I think that kind of helped me skirt under the radar a little bit, <laughs> as it were. Yeah. yeah so i don't know but i I dabbled in a lot of nerdy things
1: i'm so glad high school is not a thing anymore (laughs) i'm done (laughs) it's literally my high school is is like half a mile away from my house and i pass it every day but i never have to go in until my kids do eventually (laughs) Anyway, now that you guys know so much more about us, welcome to ongoing comic book discussion podcast. I'm not Corey.
0: Hey, <laughs> I, I am Corey.
1: You are Corey. And I'm Tess. There you go. <laughs> there we go.
0: <laughs> and we are, we're, we're uh, a couple weeks into our December, um, you know, holiday festival picks for, for mm-hmm. this month. And uh, we decided to mix it up and not do a comic book this week, but dive into a comic book movie that's also Christmas themed. And yeah. that is Batman Returns. Oh, yeah. A classic. Yeah, Yeah, a classic, which is, you know, funny when you can still remember seeing it in the theater. But uh, (laughs) that's, that's you know, can I just say something real quick? Um, Please. So I overheard people talking on a podcast the other day that the... Uh, so, back in the day, the original Star Wars action figures that came out, like, in the early 80s, right? Then mm-hmm. they re-, re Not re-released them, but they kind of made a comeback in the mid-90s. Uh, about 94, 95, Star Wars uh, action figures made a comeback in the stores, and that kind of, like, we haven't... Since then, we haven't not had a point in time when Star Wars figures were in the stores, right? right. So, I can still remember in 95, 96, you know, going to buy those those figures. I was in high school... Uh, They're lovingly referred to as the power of the force line. Mm. The point is, is that (laughs) those are now considered vintage. And Ah, the ones that I grew up with are considered dot, dot, dot antiques. No. W- T-F.
1: Corey, are you an antique officially?
0: I don't... Is 40 years... Is 40 plus like the the, the point where Mm. something goes from vintage to antique? I don't know.
1: I actually do know the answer to that because I owned a vintage uh, stuff store on Etsy for like six months. And I... It was called Blue Desert Antiques, and I got, in, in quote, in trouble by a couple older ladies. They were like, antique is 100 years or more. <laughs> so by their definition, no, you're vintage, Corey.
0: <laughs> Sweet. I'll take vintage any day. It sounds so much cooler than antique. Uh, yeah. But this is definitely a classic. Um, yes. This This one's a classic for sure.
1: It is. I, you know, I was um, watching it uh, with John, and I was like, you know what? I remember watching this when I was a kid, but and I was like, ah, it's good. You know, it's Christmas classic, whatever, whatever. And I was like, I've seen it. You know, you just check it off in your head. But then I watched it here, and I was like, oh my god, I haven't seen this probably in like twenty years, and holy cow, it's so good.
0: It's, it's so much fun, right?
1: Oh my, it's great. It's like not overdone and it's not underdone. Like it's it's just it's just right. You know, <laughs> you got to know what you're going in for. You know, you're going for a comic book made into a movie. Movie, but you know you can't. You know, it, this is not ba- uh, Dark Knight Rises or yeah. Batman, you you know kind of you know? have
0: to. Uh, you know, put yourself in those shoes. Uh, back in what was it ninety two? You said yeah. Um, because, like, like it was—I found it interesting, a few things throughout the movie. And, you know, as as you all know from our movie TV show reviews, we don't, like, go through it uh, step by step. We just kind of free-form talk about it all over the place. Um, yeah. One of the things that I found interesting—and I love it, by the way. I, I think mm. Batman Returns is great. Um, one of the things I found interesting when I was watching it is— Now, especially with the animated series, I'm so used to seeing Batman get to rooftops just by using his grapple gun. This, I was kind of, like, shocked seeing him climb a ladder. And I was like, oh, yeah, you know, like, and he doesn't actually use his grapple gun a lot in this. He uh, uses like a hang glider on his back, yeah. and because Batman Begins was the one that introduced his cape turning into the into the glider, you know, it got rigid or whatever. And right. so, like, I was like, wow, it feels so quaint. But yet at the same time, I can remember when all of this felt so fantastical, like, right. like, oh, you're doing Batman so correctly. But then I look at it now and I'm like, oh, man, like he's so he feels he feels so underpowered compared to what he is now.
1: Well, let's get this clear. This movie is not about Batman. It is about Michelle Pfeiffer yeah. and Danny DeVito.
0: This is, you know, Batman's just—he's a supporting role. <laughs> Honestly, he kind of almost feels like a supporting role in this movie, uh, mm-hmm. and and I think it's because you don't get a lot of character development with Bruce Wayne himself. It's—it mm-hmm. it's, was already sort of fleshed out in the first Batman movie, mm-hmm. and. I think you put the nail in the head cuz I, I was, after watching it I was like taking showers thinking about it and I was like why does this why does Batman Returns feel like it's not a Batman movie even though like it clearly is right. even though like he's obviously in it but you're right he feels like a supporting character in this movie and it's more about Michelle Pfeiffer, her revenge story, you know, Oswald Cobblepot's uh, rise to power, Penguin. his brief rise to power, you know. Mm-hmm. And and I like the dichotomy between like, you know, Bruce Wayne and Cobblepot. Like they they basically they're two sides of the same coin. Uh, both come from privilege, but one was discarded while one was loved and and you know, and I I wish I almost wish they could have delved into Bruce and Cobblepot's parallels a little bit more With like their
1: families or like as a person like as people just just how
0: how one went one way and how one went another you know mm-hmm. because yeah they're, they're they both started out the same they both were right. born into like power and money but then oswald was you know discarded i don't know i feel like there was maybe a little mm. bit more meat they could have uh dove into between uh batman and and bruce i'm sorry bruce wayne and uh the the penguin but yeah you know
1: i can see that I can see that. I can definitely see how it's like, but it's also, I mean, I feel like they almost didn't need to, but I can see what you're saying. I mean, how much more did you want to know? You know what I mean? Like, how many questions did you have? It's like, you just, you said it right there. Like, they have parallels, and in that, we can appreciate them even more, you know? Um, But... Michelle Pfeiffer. Good <laughs> Lord have mercy. I was like, uh I want to be Catwoman for Halloween. I want to yeah. be this this Catwoman. Yes. Like the white thread with the black suit and the like her piercing blue eyes with a red lipstick and like her like just don't really give an F kind of attitude about everything is so empowering. <laughs> I loved her. She yeah, was she great. was
0: absolutely amazing. And like I said, I can still remember seeing it in the theater. Um, I mean, she was a, a total sex symbol and everything. Mm-hmm. But now, looking at it now, and that suit is just iconic at this yeah. point. And like at the time, yeah, all right. So I want to I want to put one foot into 1992 Corey and one foot into ni- 2019 Corey.
1: How old were you in 1992?
0: Um, let me just do the quick. Well, I gra- graduated in 96. Let me just do the so quick So you're
1: like math 14?
0: What'd you graduate from? Yep, <laughs> yep you're 100%. 14? Uh, okay. 14. So I was 14 years old, reading comics my whole life. And when I saw Batman Returns, I did not. I did not really enjoy it. I thought that, I was like, why is Catwoman this revenge-obsessed person? She's supposed to be a cat burglar. Mm -hmm. Why is the penguin, you know, like this? He's supposed to be a gangster. Uh, I liked everything visually, but I didn't feel like they adhered to the comic book Characters and
1: oh, why? Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead.
0: Go well, ahead. I mean, well, I for those reasons, so like right. in, in the comics, Catwoman is a cat burglar, right. she's not like, and in, in, in this movie, she didn't do any cat burglaring, right? She used like her quote unquote powers for more like revenge to get back at, at Max Shrek. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the comics, she doesn't really have any powers, but now, Corey, in 2019, we've seen. Catwoman done in the way that I wanted her to be done mm-hmm. in, ba- in Dark Knight Rises with uh, Anne Hathaway. We saw her as oh, a cat burglar. Yeah. And we've seen the penguin, Oswald Cobblepot, as a gangster on the Gotham TV show. And I realize now that both of those versions are more, bo- are more boring than what we see here in Batman Returns. Meaning... Ah. Yeah. Meaning that that Tim Burton made the right choice with what he went with and made mm-hmm. more interesting characters and I think more long standing, iconic characters than like I think people will twenty years from now will remember the Michelle Pfeiffer Catwoman over the Anne Hathaway catwoman.
1: Oh my gosh. I I I I like Anne Hathaway.
0: But me too, there me are, too.
1: There are some roles that I just don't I think she got because she is Anne Hathaway and not because she can necessarily do those roles, Catwoman being one of them. Because she is not memorable in that. Like I I don't remember her in, as Catwoman. And I like sighed a few minutes a few seconds ago when you said that, because I'm like, oh yeah. Like I forgot she was Catwoman. But Michelle Pfeiffer, like, every single Catwoman after this should model it after her. Yeah. You know, it she just like oozed catwoman. Just you know, I like I was like I want to be her in real life. Like yeah like Just.
0: because she doesn't give any f's like no. she's completely and and I'm watching, you know, that scene where she's talking to to co- Cobblepot on the bed and yes. you know yes. she's she's looking herself she's like I'm going to give my, myself a bath and I'm like looking at it and I'm like this is bat ass insane if these were like real people but the thing yeah. is for these people to exist they have to be bat ass insane including Batman so yeah why wouldn't she pretend to to uh, give herself a bath like that and guess what it looks freaking cool as heck it's Mm -hmm. amazing looking like she does an amazing job with it and I'm like you know what as it, when I was younger, I criticized the heck out of this movie. I was like, "Tim Burton, you're insane. This is dumb." I really found a newfound love for the, for Batman Returns in my adult years. I didn't start picking up on the genius of this film until I was like probably in my late twenties, maybe even my like early thirties. Right, this mm-hmm. is a very, a very new like. Um, uh, realization that I that this movie's so much so wonderful such a wonderful film to have oh my gosh at the same time I think I needed to have you know the examples of the other side of the coin like Anne Hathaway like and like Mm -hmm. you know Oswald Mm Coppelpot on Gotham which I don't hate but I'm just like you know what this is so much more fun these characters the the Batman Returns version is just so much more fun
1: yeah I agree and the interesting point you make there is that some movies just aren't good at that moment, but they are down the line. And it's because we use, like, people, they they crap on Tim Burton all the time today. For all his stuff today. And I agree, it's not too good. He's probably being rushed. He's not able to use the art that he was back in the day. Back in the 90s when he was given the time, the money, the respect, to do really good films. But people crapped on the, him then too. So here we are, and you're saying this, that it's better than anything that they've come up with because nobody has the mind of Tim Burton even way after Tim Burton. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like people They're are inspired always, by it. There will never
0: be another Tim Burton.
1: Exactly. And and the thing about Tim, <laughs> he can pull a story And really give his character's life depth. Like, we can only imagine what Catwoman... um, What's her name? Selina Kyle. What her life is like in real life. She, like... She obviously hates her mother. She probably had an upbringing where she had to go to church every Sunday and be in, at Sunday school and just had to follow the rules. And then she tried not to follow the rules. And she's really an artist. And she's trying to be the secretary to please her mom. And, and then she's just fed up with it. She's done. You know? And and he, he, I mean, Michelle and Tim gave us those characters. And even I was talking to John when we were watching. I was like, this script is great. It, it it doesn't skip anything. It doesn't get... There are a lot of puns. And I, mm. I love... I, well, you know. I love me some puns. Ricory. Okay, is that a pun? I don't know. <laughs> it's a play on words. But the puns that are in, like, the Mr. Freeze Batman versus the puns in this movie are, like, way better where I was actually like, Pah, I'm probably going to use that later. Ah, I'm going to use that later, too. Like, it's, it's good. It's good. It's like... He, he's able to set them up where they're an amazing oozy character with a backstory depth, background, blah, blah, blah. And they, there's like a comedy element, even though this is like the most, like it's, this is freaking scary. If this were to happen in real life, like a bomb during a Christmas tree lighting.
0: With a bunch of like clowns shooting out of it, you know? Yeah. Like, and yeah. then they
1: have, yeah. And then they have a relighting in the same location, <laughs> not much more security, what like yeah. that's not a thing but it's <laughs> but it's funny it's funny in this instance it's like <laughs> you want to yeah. do the relighting
0: <laughs> yeah and there's there's a lot of stuff like i said when i was younger uh the suspension of disbelief you know how how did they hack into the batmobile you know yeah. why does he have a batmobile go-kart that has a tv on it but again <laughs> again i'm watching it and I guess I've moved like further in, into my age where I'm like, some things, you know what? I, I see you make the choice just to make it fun because yeah. the alternate is to make it realistic. And then it's boring, exactly. right? I would rather be over the top, fantastical, and fun mm-hmm. than realistic and boring, a la Dark Knight Rises.
1: Right, Dark Knight Rises is fantastic. You're, you know what you're going in for. You're going in for a, dar- a dark, stormy, dramatic movie. But this is like this is like Dark Knight Rises plus the 1970s Batman TV show put together. Like it's, it's kind of like, the
0: perfect middle. It's it's yes. right in between. It's got enough cheese and enough, you know, uh, uh, other things, you know, to go off of. And we wouldn't have obviously we wouldn't even have Batman Begins or Dark Knight or Dark Knight Rises without these movies. Right, uh, we wouldn't have had them without the the Joel Schumacher ones either, because the downward spiral that the the franchise took is what opened the door. For uh, you know the uber realistic Batman Begins to, to to come through. So what if you know Joel Schumacher's ones were super successful? They might have just kept going in that direction, and mm-hmm. we never maybe would have seen a Batman Begins. So it's That's it's true. it's awesome to look back at the cause and effect of all these movies and you know and and just you know like you said like you said appreciate them too for like the time stamp that they are as well you mm-hmm. know and 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 appreciate like what they tried to do with the technology at the time and look you know look back and and Kind of enjoy that, and I think sometimes when you look back through those lenses, they they hold up, and then they even hold up when you view them. Some of the movies, you know, don't hold up. I Zach and I discovered that when we did our Jean Claude Van Damme cyborg review on whatever,
1: dude,
0: whatever, dude, on, <laughs> on podcasting <JCVD>. after dark. <laughs>
1: JCVD forever. Go ahead. Go well, ahead. Go well, on.
0: rewatch Cyborg. It is not a great movie <laughs> and and we talked about that on the podcast and it's like sometimes you have these like rose-colored, you know, glasses that you kind right. of tint nostalgia with, but in the case of Batman and Batman Returns, uh, I think it I think it holds up better. I think it holds up better than than it did originally.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I don't I can't even remember what I thought of it before. I just remember it's like, yeah, I've watched it before. But it, it was it played more like an onstage play, you know, like very theatery, dramatic actors like Michelle Pfeiffer before this. I don't even remember what she did, but I remember her in gosh, what is the Al Pacino movie when he's oh, uh,
0: so He was she was in Scarface, right?
1: Scarface, yeah. and it was that was another violent film actually. And then Danny DeVito, he's played some dramatic roles, but like this one, it just. I don't know. I, I mean, just loved everybody casting it.
0: Danny DeVito was, like, built for this role.
1: Dude, <laughs> like, it, oh, my gosh. The, he, he oh, like, uh, that's how I'm feeling about it. It's just, he, like, the fact that he drooled black ink, his... His voice was probably so scratchy by the end of it. He was like so grotesquely gigantic and like lumpy and like his from his walk to his attitude to his aggression, you know, everything that he put into the character was so perfect. I'm curious how he prepared for it or knew even how to play that character because he was great
0: it's he's fantastic and that makeup that makeup design for his mm-hmm. his his look is probably my favorite penguin of every penguin comic book you know yeah. movies tvs everything it just he looks fantastic he looks menacing uh yes. he looks like he's, he looks capable like he he's he looks dangerous and yeah. that's what i think is really really cool about him i love it when he was when he was like uh, uh at the you know sort of running for mayor and the one guy was like you know oh they don't have a lot of you know reflective surfaces down in the in the yeah. sewers and he's like <laughs> uh, at least i don't have like blood gushing nose. out of my nose yeah. and he's like what and he just down on his nose i loved it i loved it but then then he was talking about the the other lady who was like the campaign manager he was talking to max yeah and he goes i'll fill her her void and i was like whoa Whoa,
1: dude bring it back i I was like that's that's
0: kind of blue for a pg film you know that's
1: true you're right is it really a pg film
0: I think so. I mean, I don't think that was. I don't think Batman Returns was PG thirteen. Okay. I gotta imagine that was that was PG. But I could be wrong. But that was that was pretty blue to as a phrase you know um even
1: michelle pfeiffer's role i'm curious if they did keep it pg because that was really sexy for pg it was and now i'm
0: questioning it so i'm I'm actually looking it up on (laughs) uh on imdb do they tell you the ratings on there don't they They
1: should i don't even look at ratings anymore you know what
0: yeah it is pg 13 that that makes sense uh i mean yeah michelle pfeiffer is a is very sexual sexualized mm. and uh it is a bit violent like when when Christopher Walken dies at the end that's pretty gruesome looking his his charred face <laughs>
1: It was kind of funny. I laughed. Yeah, okay. "Ah." Yeah. yeah.
0: (laughs) But but speaking of of another fantastic actor, Mm -hmm. having Christopher Walken in this, doing like the perfect amount of of uh, scene chewing, you know, the Mm -hmm. the perfect amount of Christopher Walken, you know.
1: Oh yeah, he was pretty too. Yeah, I was like, whoa. He's has he always had those blue eyes? Goodness.
0: Yeah, I I think Christopher Walken was a good looking dude when he was younger.
1: Yeah, there's some really handsome pics of him if you look up Christopher Walken young. There's some really handsome actors in Hollywood that are old <laughs> geezers now, like Robert Redford, um, Benicio del Toro. I think no, that's not who I'm thinking of. It's another Latin actor. Anyway, if you just look up them and then type in young next to it, you're like, oh my, oh <laughs> hello, my. <laughs> oh my, hello, hello, and Christopher Walken. Oh, who is the who is Alfred? Wait, Michael Caine. Michael Caine, when he was Michael Caine young. Goodness gracious.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We should have a a podcast. uh, Old actors now, if they're hot when they were younger, you know? (laughs) Yes,
1: but we don't tell each other. And I'm like, okay, Corey, go look up this guy young. And then we hear your reaction looking at the image. Like, oh, oh. No. Yes. Anyway, <laughs> Christopher Walken is very pretty in Batman Returns. Go on. <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, you,
0: you're 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 not wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I enjoyed him in there. I I just I'm kind of circling back around because uh, another thought that I had when I was thinking about this movie, and you, you you hit the nail on the head the first time when you said Batman was a supporting uh, character in this film, and I agree mm-hmm. with you there because he doesn't do a lot of character growth in this film if any, um, and you kind of don't really get any more to him. He's just – he's already pre-built from the first movie in this. They don't even, like, give you anything sort of new to him. Um, and then I was like – at the same time, the movie feels very small. Like, it all takes place, like, in that – that. Um, that area where the tree lighting thing is there's like multiple scenes all in that area, mm-hmm. and then like around the corners, it almost felt like they just shot in the same sort of back lot. Which it looks amazing, by the way. I love yeah. the, I love Tim Burton's Gotham City. I love the way he makes Gotham City look. Uh, it's it's just very industrial and, and whatnot. But compared to the first movie, where I felt like he was going to like access chemical plants, you saw different sort of set pieces that were around. This one, uh, most of it all centers around that little downtown area. Even when That's Batman's true. driving around, you can't really tell where in Gotham he is, you know, when the the penguin has like the the th- the batmobile under control. And so mm-hmm. when you said it almost felt more like a play, I yeah. agree with you. I okay, it, yeah. it does feel more like a play because of that. And because everywhere they shoot is all on sets, even the outdoor stuff is is clearly a set you never like see any horizon you always just see buildings and whatnot it kind of goes back and has this this filmic quality to the old hammer films of the 60s and the 70s uh those old like christopher lee uh dracula films that hammer put out Uh, i love them because all the outdoor sets were always indoor sets i i like that look and i like that feel but it also gives it like a play feel it gives it like a fake feel feel and and I I think yeah this movie felt like a play
1: yeah it it's definitely a controlled environment but if you think about it All of Tim Burton's films are controlled environments. Like even Edward Scissorhands is just on that street or in the castle. You know, um, I'm trying to think. Dark Shadows is one. Willy Wonka. Like very controlled sets because he is creating a world you haven't seen. And that's what makes it so whimsical. And that's why you love it because everything in there is unfamiliar. You know?
0: and he, he like you said is his designer and everything he likes to have control of everything in the frame like mm-hmm. what the look of it is and you in order to do that you obviously need to have a closed set and for here Uh, it's it's you know there's so much snow and everything it just probably it made it easier obviously you know it's fake snow um, but it just made it easier to handle being on a closed set like it was it just it was weird because Batman the first one the first Tim Burton movie even Mm -hmm. though it has very similar aesthetics the story kind of took it out further into the city and just made it feel a little bit less claustrophobic but None of this is a bad thing. I personally actually very much enjoy the aesthetic of something being outside but looking like it was built on a set. Uh, Sleepy Hollow, very much the same way. Yes, All the outside stuff looks like they're a set. So they can just be so perfectly decorated and not have to worry about you know animals you know moving the pumpkins mm-hmm. or something you or can, weather weather or exactly you can put the fog exactly where you want it to be so i personally like that that tim feel. burton does that i like that feel um it's just this but for some reason batman returns felt smaller than the first batman film
1: I can see that. I can see that. Because I remember the skyline. I remember thinking like, oh, that's a pretty painted backdrop. Yeah. Like, you could see it, you yeah. know? Yeah.
0: And it was, yeah, clearly like a matte painting.
1: Yeah. And, and even in the sets where they were in a room, outside was, an, was a painted backdrop as well. Right. That's probably why it felt very small, too. And also, I was thinking the other set that they were at the most was like Penguin's Underground Layer in Arctic World in the right. zoo. And also that zoo, like the, 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 the what is it, was the word I'm thinking of? Dilapidated zoo. Yeah. Um, everything's coming down and, and how they introduce the zoo and, and they do this Tim Burton shooting style where he goes in kind of like at an angle. And it's like, it's like if a baby bird is just learning how to fly, it's like, like just, I'm making motions here. You guys can't see it, obviously. But you hear my noises. Are you, are you putting visuals to the noise? Um, but it's just like, it, it's, that again, that Tim Burton style that we love. Mm-hmm. And I wish he would do it again like that. Like, what if he did another movie like that, where it was just like that closed, controlled set? He hasn't done that in a long time, you know, now that I'm thinking I, of it.
0: I haven't, I haven't been keeping up with his career lately. <laughs> I didn't really care much for the Alice, you know, movie um, oh, I, yeah. I tried watching it. I mean, you know, I'm not gonna lie. I was I was pretty baked when I watched it too, and I still kind of didn't get any enjoyment out of it. So I was like, oh, gotcha. okay. Um, yeah. But uh, <laughs> you know, back back to the zoo. I love that set. I loved the up like the outside of it, and I loved the inside of it. I loved mm-hmm. all of it. Uh, you know i love the snow how everything just looked like it was like frozen and blasted with snow like how cool was that set and just looking back now i i like all the penguins were so cool all of his henchmen mm-hmm. were so cool but as you know 14 year old me i was like me i wanted to be realistic this is dumb penguins <laughs> with rockets man and then i'm like 41 year old me so i'm like man have some fun. It's, yeah. who, it's a it's a it's a movie. Who cares about yeah. rockets on the back? But you're right, it does I mean it, it it walks a razor's edge. He, Tim Burton, could have slipped and fallen into campy Joel Schumacher territory mm-hmm. or campy you know old school nineteen sixties territory. He could have, but Tim Burton doesn't because he's Tim Burton. He's a exactly. master at his craft, and that's yeah. why it just it works, you know, so so well. And Obviously, I got to give a shout out to my boy Snow because you guys all know that I love Batman in the snow.
1: <laughs> oh, Snow! I'm like, who's Snow? You're like, who's snow? Oh. Now,
0: I, that joke didn't really land. So, no, um... <laughs> I understood it
1: because when we did our Batman family episode in November, you said that your favorite Batman is Batman in the snow right. because Gotham is just so like cold and icy and even creepier.
0: Yeah, and I loved. I loved it when he mm-hmm. was just driving through the city but he wasn't like chasing anybody and and Cobblepot was looking over the registries or you know whatever the the, the hall of records and just mm-hmm. that layer of snow that was on the street and just bat everything's so quiet and just batman's driving through and it's just ah just i love snowy peaceful nights and i can just i love the thought of like batman perched on top of a gargoyle while you know he's he's surveying things but like snow is starting to build up on his shoulders because mm-hmm. he's silent and he's just sitting there, you know, yeah, because he's a ninja. And it's just like, I just think that's (laughs) so cool. Like what a cool visual that is.
1: It is really cool. And then I think about it. Yeah, that's true. Have you ever seen Gotham by Gaslight?
0: Yeah, oh, yeah. I used to, I've I've read that quite a few times when I was younger. That was and that was um, I believe it was Mike McNola did the artwork for it. Who we did for who did Hellboy remember? Um, and that was one of the very very first big breakout uh, Elseworlds hits. That's basically when uh, around that time is when DC said, oh, we can take characters, label it a quote unquote Elseworlds story, and just have no continuity to it and just have crazy fun with it. And I think that kind of like kind of like I think they were I'm sure there were Elseworlds stories before that but my gut tells me that Gotham by Gaslight was the one that sort of hit it out of the park and then mm-hmm. really kind of got the ball rolling but yes I love that look and that was I loved that style of Batman he had like a yes. double-breasted jacket he had like those yeah, those old so goggles dope. you know it was so, so dope. dope and yeah like it started that whole idea of like making batman's costume mimic the time you know that it you know was from and whatnot
1: Yeah, and and I brought it up because I feel like there was a scene of Batman in the snow then, and I in when you say Batman in the snow, I actually have that image in my head, and maybe I'm, that's not correct. I can't remember, but I feel like it was like snowy Yule time kind of vibe. You, Am I? You, crazy? I mean, you must
0: you must be in my brain because I have the same visual, and to me, it's Mike McNoll is doing the artwork, so it's it's mm-hmm. got to be that one. But hey, guys and gals, I haven't read. Gotham by Gaslight in probably twenty years. I, honestly, I would love. It's been for around us,
1: that long? I didn't I, know that. I think that. so.
0: I, I I think so. I mean, shoot, yeah, I, I think it's been around for okay. a while. Um, uh, at least I had probably even read it in, in fifteen years, at least. But uh, uh, let's put that down as as some as a book that I definitely would love please. to revisit at one of these one of these days. Let's add it to our list,
1: please. And you and you know it's so funny. I don't know if it's funny, but. Um, we have done probably four Batman centered episodes by now, yeah. three or four. Um, and it's because it's that world is so diverse and there are so many big, giant characters and there are so many different ways you can turn Gotham inside out and upside down. And the characters, like, what if this guy? And what if this guy? And what if this guy? And that's the beauty of creating, of world building. Mm-hmm. You can have so many different stories, and and every single story of Batman, it's just like, oh yeah, what if? Oh yeah, what if? You know. And I think that's what attracts us to it.
0: I know, and and I feel like you know we could probably do Gotham by Gaslight next week, and we would still have stuff to say about Batman. He's he's mm-hmm. such an interesting character. There's just. Always something to kind of say about it I mean mm-hmm. we've even now Like we're, we're supposed to be kind of like on Batman Returns And we've kind of like spun off on a couple tangents But like there's <laughs> there's so much Just in Batman Returns To analyze that you know Like you could just you could I, you probably have a weekly Podcast and I'm sure somebody does where it just Talks about different versions of Batman And you know yeah. uh, you know, you could talk about The Arkham Asylum video game version I mean that's mm-hmm. so dramatically different Than than this version I mean Tim Burton's you know Michael Keaton is so dramatic. Dramatically different than Christian Bale, who's yeah. you know, who's so dramatically different than mm-hmm. Adam West. It's yeah. you know mm-hmm. it's it's so cool. It's it's so so awesome. Um, but bringing it back to to Batman Returns, another thing I thought thought was interesting, and it was a little shocking when I first saw it in the theater that he doesn't rescue the lady that falls. He doesn't rescue the Snow Queen or whatever. Oh her yeah, name
1: is. I had that same thought. And yep.
0: It's and I realized he does not utilize his grappling hook in this movie the same way he utilizes the grappling hook moving forward so i kind of feel like the grappling hook became a catch-all in the animated series because in batman Mm.
1: the first batman
0: tim burton batman movie he does not use his yes he uses grappling hook to kind of him and vicky vale kind of fly up in the air you know right but remember when he's flying through the window he uses that double thing that that he points it at the Joker's face. Then it kind of splits into two. It's after he rescues Vicky Vale, and it creates uh-huh. like a zip line. He Batman uses a lot of zip lines in Tim Burton's uh, movies. Apparently, it seems like, and that's why I'm like, I, I'm just, I'm trying to figure it out right now in my head because it was like, yeah, he he climbed fire escapes in this one. He didn't yeah. like just use his grappling hook to shoot up. He climbed fire right. escapes. He didn't use his grappling hook to save. The girl which is yeah. completely realistic it's unrealistic to think that he could right like it's that's realistic to, to think that, that that's what would happen like the Tim Burton version of what happened with that lady falling to her death I think is the more realistic version of mm-hmm. because I, I think a Batman you know Dark Knight he jumps out the window he, he grabs you know um, what's her name and then he kind of they crash on a car but I mean come on man like you're coming <laughs> going from like 50 stories you'd, you'd both be destroyed yeah but um Exactly. He seemed That's like cool. he, he, yeah. The the grappling hook. I think I feel like looking at the timeline of of cinematic Batman. I think the the animated series made the grappling hook a much more of a of a all a catch all that he does everything with essentially.
1: May, yeah, but also like you have to think. Tim Burton took a lot of creative liberties with this, and John made a good point. Um, he said that Tim Burton. Killed. I mean, in the end, he killed people.
0: Like, I'm sorry. Yeah, he did. He killed um, Penguin. He killed well, Penguin. And-, and, and to a lesser degree, the, um, so remember when he had that bomb in his hand that he got from one of the clowns, and then he came up against that big clown who was like, mm-hmm. go ahead, hit me, and, and Batman punches him. And of course, it doesn't do anything, and the guy's like, right. ah, I see. But oh, then, yes, But yes. then Batman looks down, and the guy looks down, and, he's, and he basically, he planted the bomb in his, in his waistband, and yeah. then he threw the guy in the sewer, and the guy blew up. So, yeah. so yes, Batman kills in this movie, Batman, because yeah, th- again, that's probably the, that's the most realistic way to dispatch that big guy is right. to blow him up. Right. Like, right. so
1: yeah, usually he just throws people in Arkham. He's like, all right, bye. Here you go, police. And that's, and I wouldn't honestly, like, I wonder where that comes from. Maybe that came from like a time when Batman was first created going way back and they wanted to create this character that like was ultimately a protagonist, and didn't kill anybody but here's the thing whether he kills people or not batman is a protagonist and an antagonist because he he's like he's like a bad guy good guy he's he doesn't deal with his own psychological issues that he's got going on so he like lashes that out on just long nights in Gotham. And and it's, it's I don't know, he's such like, a, just over time, every single manipulation or interpretation of his character is just so different from director to director, writer to writer, blah, 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 blah. But in that, it like morphs something so different every time. So to go to a movie, and I'm sure 14-year-old Corey would disagree with me, but maybe 41-year-old Corey would agree with me. Um, You have to change these characters around and you can't expect the comic book character every time because that would be boring mm-hmm. right
0: yeah i i i agree um 100 percent. although i i just started thinking it's it's funny that that i'm reanalyzing this at forty one fourteen one four four one. oh my gosh like, you gotta
1: look that up what does it mean what does it
0: mean <laughs> synchronicities uh yeah some kind of numbers things but um yeah, yeah it's it's again you're right it's you make decisions as a filmmaker and a writer to make it interesting always mm-hmm. lean towards interesting and when people have a hard time with something in a movie and they you know you want to see it the other way or the more realistic way ask yourself how would that look though like w- would that be yeah. as much fun as this and if it's not then I always err on the side of fun right
1: why not why not like the the comic book world, yes, we got to stay with the characters. We got to keep to the script. Blah, blah, blah. Batman's always in black. Spider-Man's always in red and, and blue and occasionally in black and silver. Fine. But there are certain aspects of it that have to evolve. They have to. Like, why do we need to stick to the same characters that our grandparents had or our Great, maybe great grandparents had, you know, like why do we wait? Let me think. I'm like, I don't know. Anyway, yeah, no, probably. Yeah, no,
0: I guess great great grandparents at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. seriously. Why I mean, yeah, because Batman's be... been around a lot longer than than Spider Man has.
1: That's true. That's true. You're totally right about that. Of but, course you are. Yeah, um, no, but, but yeah.
0: well, no, I'm <laughs> don't say that. I'm <laughs> never assume that I'm right at just right out of the gate. You should honestly always assume I'm wrong. <laughs> okay, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, but no, you're right. I I, I mean. I like seeing characters evolve um, as well. Although I do like to see that they retain their soul. Like sure. what makes sure. them interesting. You can't turn Batman into the Punisher. Then he's just not Batman anymore, right? Right. He, he still he's, a to, he's a different yeah, character. Yeah. Then he's just the Punisher. and yeah. And so – Yeah, I I, I agree with you. I want to see evolution, but I want to see evolution within the soul of the character type of thing. Um, But, you know, I say that, but then, you know, Catwoman is nothing like her, the soul of her character. So I, I don't know. I, again, I just think go with what's fun. And, you know, what was fun? That little scene where Batman punches that, that big guy and, you know, <laughs> puts the bomb down his waist and then kind of throws him down a hole and he blows mm-hmm. up. That scene was fun. That I was enjoyed fun. watching that, even though yeah. it, it kind of goes against, you know, who Batman is. and But that's fine. Whatever. You know, I, I don't subscribe to the fact that Batman can save every single person, you know. And mm-hmm. sometimes when he's breaking people, he's putting them in traction for like a year. Is that any better than killing them i mean that's ne- some of these goons that he breaks them into so many pieces that they ain't ever walking right again you know that's like, true my god dude like you you, you like you said you he's messed not, he messed them up he can be pretty intense you know and mm-hmm. maybe maybe that's his thing like yeah he doesn't deal with his his issues but he he breaks people he i mean it's wow it's like it's like, yeah, I don't have to deal with my issues because I have all these goons that I can just beat to a bloody pulp and and get all my my aggression out on them. And mm-hmm. why go see a therapist? I mean, I'm clearly okay, right? And then yeah. Joker comes along. He's like, uh, dude, you're not okay. <laughs> like, do you not see yourself in the mirror? You're not okay, buddy. Like, yeah. let, me, let me show you how you're not okay. And that's yeah. what I love about them so much. But, you know, Joker wasn't, wasn't in this movie. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know... I I do, although in this movie, I do like the fact that, uh, you know, he, Batman addresses to Selena Kyle about them both, like when they're in their uh, formal attire, at, as how that they're both wearing masks at that. Yeah, point.
1: I was going to bring that up. That was my favorite, like, moment when they're at the masquerade and everybody else is wearing a mask except for them. But they are.
0: They're technically but wearing they're masks. They're wearing,
1: yes. Boom. That was brain exploding. Like, oh my gosh. <laughs> Symbolism galore.
0: Yep. I love and, that.
1: It was, it was, that was, yes. And 14-year-old Corey did not pick up on that,
0: I'm sure. No, no. (laughs) 41-year-old Corey didn't pick up on it until it came out of his mouth just now. Really? Yeah. Well, I mean, I like the fact that they that they address the whole not wearing masks things. Yeah. Then I was like, Oh wait, yeah, you're right. Like, yeah, or as it was coming out of my mouth, I was like, Oh my god, yeah, they're the only ones that are not wearing masks, but they are wearing masks. They, they so everyone are. at the party is technically wearing a mask. Oh my god! Ah! I know it's good. It's, it's great. Good. And no, it's, it's, it's good. not good. It's great.
1: It's great. It's. Genius. Genius.
0: And I like the fact that she says, once they both realize who they are, that she says, like, oh, God, do we have to start fighting now? Even as a kid, I I enjoyed that little, like, exchange. Like, oh, my God, now that we know who we are, are we allowed to, like, have this moment? Or do we have to instantaneously switch into this mode, you know?
1: Yeah, that's true. I thought that was cool. It was very cool. And I liked their chemistry. Um, I know that selena kyle and bruce wayne have a thing wait 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 no the opposite it's the opposite, right? It's Batman and Catwoman have a thing.
0: Well, they've 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 got married recently in the comics or something. I haven't kept oh. up with it. They've had an on again, on again love affair. I think she's been brought into the fold as Selena Kyle. And at mm. the same time I think he's also revealed himself to her and she hasn't revealed himself. It's like it's like Superman with Lois. There's been with all the different reboots, with all yeah. the different continuity changes with DC, they always do different stuff. Does Lois That's I true. don't even know right now if, if Lois even exists or if she does if she knows the Superman's car can I have no clue where all that stands. That's um, true. I but don't know either. to to the to your point, I liked Michael Keaton and Michelle Pfeiffer's chemistry more than Michael Keaton yeah. and uh, Kim Basinger's.
1: Michael, Ke- yes, yes, I agree. Kim- Vic- Vicky Vale in the first one, yeah. I I I like Kim Basinger, but I or Vicky Vale the um in that character, but I don't think. I don't really know if I liked her as that character. I don't know. But, like, I think that because it was so much more emotional is because Vicki Vale wasn't messed up as as much as Batman is. And Batman and Catwoman are the same amount. If not, Catwoman might be a little bit more messed up. You know what I mean? So that's where they, like, come together. That's where the emotions are because it's like, you get me and you get me. And we're emotional and we're moody and all these wonderful things and... Let's do it.
0: But yeah. Now, let me ask you something. What was your takeaway on uh, the cats bringing her back to life?
1: Okay. Thank you so much for bringing that up because what? Wait a minute. Okay. So are you telling me that cats have magical powers? Are you telling me that a cat bite will turn me into Catwoman like a spider turns spider into s- s- Spider-Man? Spider. You know what I mean? Yeah. Peter Parker into Spider-Man? Like Peter I mean, Spiderman? Spe- yes. Thank you. Um, and well, like... Did, I I can't, I I even looked at John, I was like, did that just happen? Can you explain that to me? Because he usually interprets things for me that I'm like, okay, comic book, this part, sometimes he realizes it more than I do, or faster than I do, or he's looked it up before me. But this time he was like, I don't know. I don't know. There's cats, and now she's, she has nine lives, apparently. Do you and know anything about that?
0: Nope. <laughs> I am gonna I have the exact same answer as, as hubs. I have no clue. Um yeah. I don't hate it. I think it's neat and the fact that they don't explain it I actually kind of think is kinda cool. Let's sure. you kind of interpret it, but fourteen year old Corey hated it. <laughs> Because really? yeah, because A it didn't stick with what I thought Catwoman was supposed to be, and B, mm. they didn't explain it. But now forty one yeah. year old Corey's like, Good, don't explain it. Screw it. Let the people think let the people think their own stuff, you know? Let yeah. don't let let the, the audience Yeah, let the audience have some imagination. Let the audience yeah. have some fun with it. Right? Mm-hmm. Like why do we have to explain every single thing? But I am not at all aware of the precedent of that in the Batman comics. Um, I have no clue. I was going to ask you that. (laughs) If there's some kind of cat spirit thing in the comics, maybe. Maybe there is, like how how there's a speed force that all the flashes sort of tap into. There could be a cat force. I do Mm -hmm. not know um, at all. Oh, my gosh.
1: Can we make – somebody needs to make a comic book about those cats and how many cat women there are in the world because those cats, like – (laughs) well did you ever see the holly berry one dude i did see that so long ago and it's awful
0: i've never seen it did she come back to life the same way was it i can't
1: i can't remember but it was not the same impact as michelle here and that's a really good question because i think i'm gonna watch that today to compare but i know for a fact it was not not the same like Michelle Pfeiffer is literally the best Catwoman. Like, yeah. how many Catwomen have there been? There's Halle Berry, Michelle Pfeiffer, um, Anne, Hathaway. Anne Hathaway. Who else?
0: Uh, well, then myriad of, of voice actors. Oh. I'm sure. Oh, and then the girl, the girl on the yes. Gotham Earth show. The yeah, the kid. The and then a it, bunch of voice actors for the video games and and that's whatnot. True. But I, yeah, you're right. It's funny I, when we were talking about it earlier. I totally forgot about the Holly Holly Berry version.
1: Hmm. Hmm. I. Yeah. I don't think it did well. I think, no. but. I don't think it's her fault. I think it was the script or the movie or something like that. I vaguely remember that, yeah, because I didn't need to remember it. I kind of just pushed that out of my brain. Yeah,
0: I, <laughs> I don't even know if I've ever seen it. I feel like I might have, but if I have, I'm like you. I purged it immediately, and yeah. I mean, I had I had a crush on Holly Berry. I'm, I still do, but like you know, I was like watching it, or I yeah, that movie is not memorable. If I saw it, if I didn't see it, I have no interest in ever seeing it. i agree if you do watch it today please text me and let me know if i will because i don't even know if she dies and gets brought back in that movie if it's even the same sort of like scenario or if she's just Catwoman. um oh yeah i will say i very much liked the whole her having nine lives thing in this movie i thought that was really really neat i was like sure because at that point you buy that she gets brought back to life by the cats Fine. Yep. Got it. Yep. I, I totally get yeah. it. And I like that one scene where she gets knocked off the roof and she lands in the greenhouse. And it's it's funny because, you know, she gets she gets dumped by her boyfriend over the phone. She gets killed by Max Shrek. She gets, uh, quote unquote, killed by Batman at some point because mm-hmm. she falls into the um the on the in the truck which i guess mm-hmm. would count as the a, kitty litter <laughs> yeah it counts as a death you know then she yeah. gets quote-unquote killed by penguin and like yeah she it's it's like every guy and she just and i love that the fact that her character just like realizes it like no guy is ever gonna like you know, uh, they're always going to do me wrong and I got to just stand on my own. And it just, it's maddening. She just screams and all the glass shatters. I love that scene. Yeah,
1: it was great. I loved all her lines. Even at the end, speaking of her nine lives and Christopher Walken is like trying to shoot her and she's like, I've got three, uh, three down, seven, let me do math, six to go. And he takes his gun and it's like, she's like one, two, something, five, she runs with five. It was like. Then he shoots her two more times. Six, seven, all good girls go to heaven. Like, she's, like, r- rhyming every time. And then she does one more where The last one is when she electrocutes Christopher Walken. She's like, this one, I want to make it count or something. And it was, ah, oh, so good. And, so and good.
0: Which is great because... Moving forward, if she, if you know this was all true, or if they you know the, you move these characters, uh, these interpretations forward, not the like the Anne Hathaway version. Now Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman only has one life left, so she's That's more true. she's more human, she's more vulnerable moving mm-hmm. forward. And I love that shot at the end when when Batman's drive well Alfred's driving Bruce Wayne through the city, <laughs> and the camera like dollies up and then to the symbol in the air, but then you see Catwoman you know, staring at it. And I'm like, and you can tell it was added in like post-production. Yeah, that, with was her not Ka- that was yeah. not Michelle
1: Pfeiffer in that. <laughs>
0: like, yeah, somebody wearing the suit against a green screen, but I don't yeah. care. It was a fun little, like a little nod and and to say, hey, you know, this, this can keep going, you know. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I dug that. And as a kid, as a kid, I didn't quite get the fact that she used one of her lives on the electro electrocution thing because um, mm-hmm. I was watching here. I was like, oh, she says, you know, seven. And I'm like, oh, it's kind of weird that they're leaving her with two. And I was like, oh, she she be- she kills herself when she electrocutes Max Shrek, you know, with mm-hmm. the kiss. I'm like, oh, I get it. That makes sense. That was the other. And now she's saving one more life for next Christmas, you know, to yeah. to live on with. Um, yeah. Top to bottom just a just a great christmas movie it it puts me in the christmas mood i like my weird alternative christmas films you know i like to watch krampus i like to watch rare <laughs> exports um i like to watch i consider the thing john carpenter's the thing Ooh. a christmas film because it all just takes place in the snow so basically if there's snow it's a christmas movie to me
1: <laughs> i mean that's what happens around christmas time is snow
0: so yeah right that makes sense and then you know it's a as a kid i could you know you stay home on a snow day and then you know you just kind of watch those kind of movies you know because mm-hmm. it's snowing out anyway so I would, like, watch Empire Strikes Back. And then after, like, the Hoth scene was over, I would go out and play, you know, or something. So yeah. it's it just kind of – Batman Begins just fits perfectly in there. It's just a shame that I didn't – Returns.
1: Batman Returns. Yes,
0: I'm sorry. You're right. Batman Returns fits in there. It's just a shame that I kind of didn't realize the greatness of it until I was an adult.
1: Hmm. Yeah, and, and sometimes movies aren't always made for – you know, teenagers. So there are parts of our brain that's our brains that are not developed yet where we can't understand stuff. But now looking back, you appreciate it so much more, especially because like you're a film buff. And so you appreciate movies in general. And I think that's why we're like trying to remake all these classics because we're like, oh, we appreciate for how it was made, you know, and the story we could, you know, totally do that again. But it's like, that's a whole nother conversation, actually, about how sequels should not be a thing and remakes should not be a thing. That's all I'm
0: saying. <laughs> well, I mean... Ah, yeah, that's a that's a hard one to ha- to talk because I mean one of my favorite movies, The Thing, John Carpenter's The Thing, is a remake from like a 1940s uh, movie. That's oh. that's a remake. Um, the Dawn of the Dead remake I like better than the original. So I I, I agree with you. I think like 75 percent of the remakes kind of stink. But yeah. but unfortunately the the remake world has given us some good ones though, and ones that have become sort of the main one, like John Carpenter's The Thing. A lot That's of people true. don't even remember that. In The Further We Move Away, don't even know that that was a, a remake of a black and white movie. And in that yeah. movie, this the alien was like this, just like a tall guy. You know, it, it wasn't something that was like it changed your body or whatever. So he definitely went the route of taking the original concept and doing a different spin on it, which I think that always helps when you make, when you do something different with the remake, you know? But mm-hmm. it's still technically a remake.
1: That's true. And I said no sequels, but this is a sequel, so whatever. <laughs> I, I That should be a whole conversation, a whole, that's a whole episode. Like, just focusing on the sequels and the remakes of movies cuz yeah. there's a lot of good and there's a lot of bad
0: Yeah, we could do a list one these days like uh yeah. uh comic book sequels and like how they hold up and stuff.
1: Yeah, I'm down. Yeah. Let's do it. That'd 2020. Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so what are I know that you love it, but what are some lasting thoughts? Anybody that is hasn't seen this movie yet, you just want to give them a little blurb about what they can expect and how you felt.
0: Batman in the snow is the coolest thing in the world (laughs) 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 to me. That's, that's what it boils down to. No, I, I think it's a fun film. Um, I think that especially if you go into the movie without, you know, just, just, Take yourself out of everything that you know about Batman now, and everything that know you know about Batman before. And the same thing when you watch Batman Begins, you shouldn't like think about the nineteen sixties version of Batman when you watch Batman Begins. You should just kind mm-hmm. of watch it as as an isolated thing. And uh, and I think if you can get past some of the more you know the 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 kitschy look, the the some of the silly acting, it's all done on purpose, and and it's it's fun. It's a fun Batman movie that that takes itself very seriously but at the same time lets the world breathe a little bit with fun i don't know if that's correct i yeah i you know what i mean like it's it has yeah, fun with too. things but not at, it does take itself seriously it never says oh batman is stupid right it never says like like this is dumb even though it'll show you some silly stuff, it it yeah. it does reverence to the character. It just it, you know Tim Burton has his own thing. If you like Tim Burton, you know this is this is definitely a Tim Burton film. So mm-hmm. what what about you? What's your what's your takeaway from Batman Returns?
1: I dug Catwoman. She is super empowering, and I definitely want one of those suits for a Halloween costume because how cool? Um, no, but. Um, The characters, the story, the the script itself, the words coming out of the actor's mouth, the, um, the sets, the music, the intention for this is to tell a really good Batman story. And it certainly does. And I definitely feel like you... Shouldn't come, I mean, this is 1992, so hopefully everybody's seen it. But if you're seeing it for the first time, you shouldn't come into it being like, oh, this has to be stuck to the Batman script. And I think that's what you meant by it's not taken seriously because it's not like, this is Batman. This is how we have to exactly translate Batman. Like, there's, he, he lets himself have some freedoms there. And I think we definitely benefit from it as an audience. Um, very, mu- uh, very
0: much so benefit mm-hmm. from it. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like like I said, some of the movies that I watch at Christmas time don't have anything to do with Christmas. But this does. This is a, a Christmas movie. It's It takes place around Christmas time. It has Christmas yeah. themes. Yeah. So it, almost like sort of Christmas morals. So it's very much a Christmas movie. So you, you'd have no problem popping this on at Christmas.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. Maybe not around, you know, your mom and dad, but like, if you're, <laughs> well, my grandparents, dad, I, mean, I guess.
0: I saw in the theater with my dad, so. <laughs> That's true.
1: Like, yeah, I don't think I'd put it around and be like, hey, grandma and grandpa, watch this. Like, nah, They're kind of like a little conservative. They wouldn't really like it. But anyway, it's a fun one. And I loved it and thanks for recommending that we do it for this episode because I loved it a lot more than I thought I would.
0: Yeah, I'm glad we revisited it. I, I very much it was on my to-do list for this month anyways. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I would probably would have watched it uh, anyways. so this was this was absolutely perfect because uh, yeah. I do this it's one of the ones I try to rotate every year and, and kind of watch even if it's just in the background sometimes. Did you happen did you watch this on your DC app that you, you guys have?
1: No, uh, we watched this on YouTube TV. We okay. had it recorded.
0: Does mm-hmm. it have? Is it on the DC app? Does it have the movies a, and
1: everything on there too? That's a good question. I didn't look that up. I don't think it has. Like DC app doesn't have like the big, 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 big movies. Gosh, I don't know. Let me.
0: That's interesting. I mean, I, I, don't I feel know. like it should because if it has like. Teen Titans and all that kind of stuff, but yeah, and it
1: has like all the Superman. Yeah, and, then it, it, I'm
0: sure it's on there. That's probably why it wasn't streaming anywhere else. Uh, I had to watch it on Amazon, and uh, it wasn't even Prime. It was like Amazon, uh, you know, four bucks to rent the, H, the HD one, which is fine. Yeah. I totally didn't mind that. I just, and I was trying to buy it. I, Myra was out doing some shopping like a walmart i was like can you just peek in like the little blu-ray bin you know <laughs> you want to own it yeah i mean you know i'd like to i'd yeah. like to own it. i mean if i'm gonna pay five dollars to rent it i might as well you know pay like eight dollars to own it but
1: actually yeah <laughs> yeah so
0: but yeah she could she couldn't find it so I, i'll gotta yeah. i gotta uh, find it somewhere and put it in my collection before next year so
1: yeah yeah,
0: yeah. but cool well, all right right well, on. this was fun right this on. was a fun, was fun. uh fun little revisiting little holiday yes. revisiting <laughs> yes
1: 14 to 41 awesome <laughs> yeah right, right. Oh, wow
0: i mean that was that blew my mind like it's the, yeah. the same numbers just reversed you know um yeah. so there's you something did, there did. there's got to be something there there's
1: something you gotta look <laughs> that up man go look that up ah. all right well Corey, where can we find you in cyberspace <laughs>
0: Hey, you can find me on uh, Instagram at Corey Nation, usually my fa- my favorite sort of social media outlet to mess around on. And uh, podcast-wise, you guys know I'm out there. You can find me anywhere through my Instagram. So if you want to look, that's 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 the best way to find out my other podcasts. Tess, what about you?
1: <laughs> you can find little old me on Instagram as well at Tessianos. That's T-E-S-S-L-L-A-N-O-S.
0: And if you love what we do, please share us uh, with a friend. Please uh, rate and review us on whatever podcatcher of choice you all use, or subscribe—you know, whatever the the bo- podcatcher allows you to do. But uh, you know, the main thing is uh, sharing us. That would be absolutely wonderful. You know, share us on Facebook, or you know, tap somebody on the shoulder if you see them reading a cool comic book and say, <laughs> "Hey, I got a cool comic book podcast for please
1: you." Please do that. Yeah. That'd be so cool. I'll Be like, how, "How did you hear about us?" Oh, this guy tapped me on the shoulder. At the comic book store and was like, "Hey, you like comic books?"
0: Clearly, you're at a comic really. book store, <laughs> and we appreciate all the five star reviews and uh, written reviews that you guys have done mm-hmm. and left for us on Apple Podcasts. Those Thanks. are just absolutely amazing, and we really, really appreciate all the love right. you guys have shown us online and off uh, up until now, and moving forward. I, I re- both of us really appreciate it.
1: Yes. Awesome, you said it, Corey. Thank you. All right, yeah.
0: Stay warm out there if it's snowing.
1: <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh, yeah. And look for Batman.
0: Um <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere. Unless He's you're in the somewhere. woods. That might be that might be bat bat squatch if you're in the woods.
1: Bat squatch. Yeah,
0: that's a bat-squatch. thing, by the way. Bat squatch.
1: I'm going to look that up. Yeah. <laughs> All
0: right. And uh, <laughs> this has been Ongoing Comic Book Discussion Podcast. I'm Corey.
1: And I'm Tess. And we'll see you guys next
0: time. This has been another episode of Ongoing Comic Book Discussion with Tess and Corey. Follow us at OCD Podcast on Instagram and Ongoing Comic Book Discussion Podcast on Facebook. You can also review us on iTunes, follow us on Spotify, and support us on Patreon. Tune in next week for another episode of Ongoing Comic Book Discussion with Tess and Corey.